Live to tape. Welcome to Millennial, episode 44. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. I'm Matt. No Elisa this week, but we do have an old, deep-voiced friend back. You Hello, upgraded. Micah. Happy Hanukkah! Yeah. Yay! <laughs> That's why you brought me back. <laughs> how many Matt nights... knows the uh, prayer. A how, little bit. How many nights in the Hanukkah are we? This is the third night of Hanukkah. Are we disrupting your celebration? No, I, I thought we would celebrate live on the show. Oh, okay. Everybody whip out oh. the menorah. <laughs> um, Do you play dreidel? Is that appropriate for the show? I didn't ask. Well, I guess everything's appropriate for the show. I was going to say. <laughs> there isn't much that what? isn't appropriate, right? Mm -hmm. you, you know, I do have a story, actually. I was in Brooklyn this weekend, and I was uh, coming back home. And while I was in the station there, this Orthodox Jewish person walked up to me and tried to give me a menorah and candles for Hanukkah, oh, so which, nice. well, I mean, this is New York, so you never know, first of all, what you're being given, and <laughs> you never know if you're going to be asked to pay for it after they hand it to you. Uh, so, I, I, you know, I just try to be nice and respectful and say, no, you know, I have one, I'm, uh, I'm celebrating, and so... Uh, but it was just really weird to, to somebody to be handing you a menorah mm -hmm. in the middle of New York City. Maybe that's a new thing because I actually know somebody here in L.A. who tweeted that same thing. He's not Jewish and he lied to the guy just to get it for free. Oh Maybe they're just trying to did. increase. Um, well, the they want to spread the religion and the, mm -hmm. some holiday well, cheer. I always, it was always my understanding that Jews generally aren't out trying to recruit. <laughs> No, and I'm have, not. I'm not have trying you not to be a seen dick the mitzvah van in New York City. No. Okay. Well, you need to see it before you leave. <laughs> so um, we are at the end of the year here. Uh, we are approaching approaching our season finale, and we just wanted to let everybody know that we're probably going to do something fun for the season finale, which is in about two weeks. So keep an eye out done. on the millennial. Shut up, Micah. I don't know what he said, but shut up. Um, <laughs> keep an eye on our social media. You didn't even last a year, huh? Yes, it's been a year. He says we're ending. He thinks that we're ending the show. Oh no, no, we're gonna no. have a we're gonna have a it's fun our season show. finale. Yes, yeah, season finale. Oh, not series finale. Did I say series? No, I probably made that up. Okay, <laughs> so uh, season finale in a couple of weeks, and we'll we'll share more details on social media and on the website. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, it is tentatively titled Millennial Season 1 Finale, Who Lives, Who Dies, Who Falls in Love, and How Will the Adventure Finally End? <laughs> that sounds familiar. Yeah. 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 I wonder what that was. Hopefully you have as much success as the book did. Yeah. We're going to be a New York yeah. Times bestseller. Podcast. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. a Broadway hopefully, show. Hopefully I don't get fucked over on this one. So anyway, we kind of have two big aspects of the show. Again, it is the holiday season, so we're going to talk about gift giving, and we're going to make some recommendations for everybody. And then, unfortunately, this episode is going to be a little Trumpy, which we don't Ugh. love to no. toot that horn, but um, it's not our fault. We have to talk about that, and of course, the tragic sh shooting in San Bar Bernardino uh, that happened last week, uh, and a lots, lots more coming up. But um, to transition to our gift giving discussion i just wanted to say fuck you to apple they announced a new smart battery case for a hundred dollars that's ugly as hell and you it's like why are you making a battery case for your phones how about you just make the batteries in your phone better yeah yeah that battery case looks like your phone swallowed an ipod Oh my god, you're right. It's got a lump in the middle. It's just a lump. Yeah, yeah it like it, it's the kind of lump that you should go to your doctor to check first. Yeah. It it looks yeah, maybe maybe they just stuck an iPod Nano in in the case and they're drawing from the old recycled nano batteries for extra power. But man is it stupid. I don't know. It's what's $100 going on with these too. Ideas. $100. Which actually in terms of battery cases, that's not too bad of a price, but still no. it's it's like, wh why are you doing this? Now, I have another I'm really happy with the battery life on my phone, though. 
it's yeah, pretty but good. it's pretty new too. You still got like another year and a half. Yeah, these no, will, I don't. these will this be shit's unlocked. These will oh. be more popular though once the batteries and the iPhones do start sucking. The iPhone six and yeah. six. Well, I mean, also the uh, the news we got last week too about the next iPhone not even going to have headphone jacks. Like, what what are what's going on with these people? What is going on with this? Yeah, company? Apple. Why don't you put extra battery where the headphone jack used to be? How about that? Hmm? Wait, so so what happens then? How are you listening to music? You don't. Through yeah, they're they're actually predicting that people aren't going to listen to music in the future by 2016. Yeah. <laughs> by 2016, or this podcast? Happen. No, yeah. so you'll you'll plug into the lightning connector that's there. I know it's it's dumb. It's it's stupid. Wow, um, that's the rumor anyway. But I'm sure at some point they will do that. Apple has an obsession with thinness, and which makes this battery case even more hilarious because there's a lump on the back, an awkward lump. I can't imagine how that's a butt. Like <laughs> anyway, so I was thinking about this gift giving, uh, the whole concept of gift giving. Uh, you know, we're doing this uh secret santa exchange here on the podcast i just got mine today oh really right oh what did i wait wait i wasn't asked to be a part of this no 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 because you You, quit you really weren't yeah (laughs) so uh we're doing a secret (laughs) santa and it was just making me think about gift giving in general do you guys get stressed out when selecting gifts no no not really like not like stressed but i mean i guess it's I guess it kind of sucks because you <laughs> you start to kind of weigh like how you actually like of the people that you know who do you really care about enough to spend <laughs> money on? <laughs> well, yeah, and it's also, not you guys. What yeah. stresses me out is the the following four questions: Will they like this gift? Will they resent me for this gift? Of course. What if they already have this? That's the one that stresses me out more than anything. And then. What if someone gets something for me and I don't get something for them? That's the one. That was the one I was waiting for. <laughs> what? Does that one bother you? No, well, a little bit, but I also knew I was waiting for you to say that too. It's it's kind of like the whole like you don't want to like waste your time thinking of somebody if you unless you really care about the person. Are you like, saying I don't think about anybody unless No, but I just was hoping that you would say it so I didn't feel like I but was see, the only if, one. If that happens, there's such an easy way out of that. And what you say is, "Oh my gosh, thank you so much. I love it. Just to let you know, yours is in the mail. I'm still waiting for it. It got back ordered." As you That's look you over your say. shoulder and punch up Amazon on your phone yeah. real quick. <laughs> do do you guys ever kind of like when you and your family, like especially with your siblings, because I do this with my siblings, we we kind of tell each other how much we're going to uh, spend on each person. I always kind of spend a little more just so I can feel better about myself and I feel superior. <laughs> I never share my Christmas budget with anybody. So no. Um, really? No. Well, like for the Secret Santa, we set a budget. Well, yeah, for that, obviously. But like. Clearly mine was at zero dollars. <laughs> Yours was actually at like negative fifteen. You actually owe us money. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, do you guys ever make gifts, or do you just do the whole shopping and paying for shit? I'm not. I just, you know, I'm not super creative when it comes to arts and crafts and making stuff. So I, I spare people that, yeah. and I just buy them something nice. How about how about handwriting cards? I do that actually. Mm-hmm. I with my grandparents, well, my grandmother, since they really don't ha- uh, don't need anything anymore, since they're getting on in years. <laughs> I uh, I always just make them like I bake them desserts or food or something. Oh, that's nice. That's a good idea. I'm actually Such a writing grandson. I'm actually writing uh handwriting a lot of cards this year, and I did about twenty the other day. And oh my gosh, I I must not write at all anymore because (laughs) my hand was cramping so much by the end of it i had to stop yeah do you ever uh try to write i think the only time i ever write in cursive is when i'm writing out rent checks isn't it funny how they they how in school they taught you cursive and it was so useless did you guys have to learn cursive yeah i actually still write in cursive I like to write that way. But no, it's true. Cursive really isn't super useful. And I will point out that I remember so many teachers saying to me, 
when you're a grown up, you're not going to have a calculator in your pocket. Boom, bitch. I got my iPhone. <laughs> Never <laughs> happened. Uh, yeah. School is useless. Wait, isn't I think <laughs> Go ahead, Micah. What's isn't up? Isn't the Constitution written in cursive? Uh, okay. Well, yeah. even if so, that was like forever ago. Yeah. Yeah. Literally forever ago. I don't even think schools are even teaching them anymore. Yeah. I, I think it's I not. Wonder. I don't think it's it's actually like like part of the curriculum anymore. Some schools do. It just depends. Well, can you type everything now, though? Yeah, I was just going to say, how about typing classes? I had to do that in elementary school. Did you guys? Yeah. Yeah. On those big gateway PCs with the flying toasters as the screensaver. I wonder if they even bother teaching typing anymore, because if if you kind of grow up with a computer now, so you probably learn it. Maybe maybe the keyboards are going to be just big enough for your thumbs. Mm. Yeah. I actually have a uh, a gift purchasing story because oh, each Mike year. Oh, loaded with stories tonight. Man, Go ahead. Yeah, I came prepared. You said He's... I didn't even look at the fucking doc, and I'm, <laughs> I'm here. I'm like, talking more than half the people. So whoa. Okay, calm, Mike. Calm geez. down, Mike. Just bring the volume down to foghorn level, please. Is it too loud? Yeah. No, you no, go. you're good. Go you're ahead. fine. Okay. You're fine. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so each year uh, we get letters from from kids and and we have to go out and fulfill what the kid requested and you know this year we we went a little bit higher on the uh the age uh side of things and so i get a request for an iphone 5s case with the screen protector now i'm sitting here thinking to myself if you're requesting that that means you have an iphone i'm not really sure like how much do you actually need something like this like in in years past i've gone out and i've gotten like transformers or spider-man or something like that you think a kid would enjoy for the holidays right yeah Mm -hmm. so but you know slowly but surely like i started going to the store and i would see like the otter boxes with the with the screen protectors like 50 bucks they're not inexpensive Mm -hmm. so you know i had to like find i sort of find a workaround a little bit because i didn't want to spend 50 bucks i mean that's that's a lot of money yeah that yeah. doesn't seem like a very exciting gift. Like it's not though. It's... And it's you you don't you want the kid to at least open it up and and not like look next to the the other kid who also requested the exact same thing and be like, "Oh, damn. Like she got an otter box and like he's just got like a little Amazon $8 purchase that <laughs> right. came in Made the in mail." China. Yeah, so but I I took care of it, but it was uh it was interesting to have to do that because it, it puts a lot of pressure on you because, you know, this may be one of the only gifts that that kid gets for the entire yeah. holiday or for Christmas, for yeah. Hanukkah, whatever it is. So no pressure, no pressure at all. Yeah. I hate when people ask for gift cards or even when you give gift cards. Oh, I love gift cards. Oh, it's so it's not personal. <laughs> it's lazy. That's, Laura's like, just fucking no seriously no gift cards like let's be honest gift cards are the gift that says i don't know you but still it's awesome because i don't i i prefer to pick out my own shit well you know what i mean in some cases i guess that could like maybe a clothing store because that's obviously you know your own opinion of what you would want to wear but like my sister i said okay brother and sister what do you want for christmas and my sister said, plug that hole in the wall that you poked through 10 years ago. No, <laughs> yes. Did she really? That'd be, no. That'd no. Be great. She, oh, Micah, you don't even want to know. Um, so, actually, you probably do want to know. Um, uh, <laughs> lost my train of thought. Oh, yeah. So, my sister's like, get me a gift card to this massage place. And I'm like, sorry, no. Gift cards are lame as hell. Come up with something else. She's like, okay, I'll brainstorm. Still having her back. Yeah. So you're saying you don't want the uh, $100 gift card I got you to purchase uh, your Apple iPhone 6S smart battery case charcoal gray? <laughs> no, I no, I'm fine don't, with my battery life. Have you ever had it where the those cards just sit by the wayside and you never use them and it's just 100 bucks, 50 bucks that go to waste? I usually use them. Well, okay, Mike, so you can send me any gift cards you don't want. So what we started with this conversation was that we have some gift recommendations mm-hmm. that we th- thought of this week. And so we're going to start off with Andrew. You take it away. Um, okay. So I, first of all, simple one, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone Illustrated Edition. This came out a couple of months ago. It, no matter what level of a Harry Potter fan 
a person is in your life, they are going to like this book. It is absolutely beautiful. It's an oversized book to fit the full story and the illustrations in one package. Um, it uh, It's printed on glossy paper. It is just so fun to read, and the illustrations are just effing gorgeous. Actually, I'm looking on Amazon right now. It's temporarily out of so- stock, so it must be a oh, wow. really hot seller right now. Um, and by the way, so is the Harry Potter coloring book. So <laughs> also out of stock that came out a couple months ago. So Harry Potter, very popular this year. But yeah, if you go to Barnes and Noble or something, you'll, you'll find it. But this is such a good gift for any Harry Potter fan. I would buy it for all three of you if I cared enough about you guys to buy your <laughs> gifts. Oh, that and, means a lot. We didn't know that you cared. Yeah. Now and, we do. And then my, my second recommendation, this is a little more personal. Um, my boyfriend is a big reader and I wanted to get him something like a good, like uh gift for, you know, as somebody who's really into reading. Um, So I found this, this kind of stamp thing, this embosser you, and, and you can get a custom name um printed in the embosser. So in other words, you, uh you kind of stamp this, little work of art on a piece of paper in the book that in this case says library of and then it'll say his name and it's got a kind of a book in the middle and i thought it was cool because like if for somebody who really likes books it's just kind of a neat way to make it your own and this website that i found it on whorechild.com h-o-r-c-h-o-w they kind of encourage it for you when you lend books to people so Mm -hmm. they know where the book came from but i just thought it was a cute idea to really like personalize your books if you really care about books so um that's only twenty dollars but it does take a while to to um receive right now if you order it you're probably not going to get it till the new year so maybe a little late for for the holidays but Mm. well shit that's pretty cool though yeah i thought it was cute i think he's really gonna like it oh laura yes so If you want to do something charitable in the name of a loved one this season, I have a couple of recommendations for you. The first thing is you can give the gift of education. You can actually buy your loved one a class at a local college. So if they've ever expressed to you an interest in something really obscure, like, I don't know, underwater basket weaving, buy them a class in that thing. And you will literally have given them a gift that will last for five or six months. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's I would long. love it if somebody bought me a class. I think that'd be awesome. What do you know? What the average prices are for these? Or for classes, it just depends on the college. Yeah, but they're affordable-ish. Well, especially if you look at like a local college or like a state college, a community college, mm-hmm. probably mm-hmm. pretty affordable. Yeah. Um, you know, there are obviously different schools that can fit different um financial brackets, I suppose. Um, but yeah, definitely if you look at it like a local college, you're probably looking at, you know, anywhere from 500 to a thousand, I would imagine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it is expensive. It's not cheap, but it is really something that will make an impact in that person's life. It shows you love the person. It really does. It really and does. And you want them more educated than they are now. Yeah. yeah. Hey, you're an it. idiot. You really need to take class. <laughs> hey, dumbass, go to school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't you give me a video game? You need to go to school. <laughs> the other thing that you can do is make a difference in the world in the name of your loved one. So the International Rescue Committee is one of the top rated charities in the world. And you can actually give a year of school for a child in a developing country for $58. Wow. $58 for a whole fucking year of school. And you can do that in the name of your loved one. That's really great. I would again. I would love it if somebody did this for me for Christmas. Yeah, these are like the two best gifts. Yeah, it's beautiful. I know it is. Well, shit. I'm supposed to go next. <laughs> well, um, yeah. Okay. Well, all right. So, for my for my first recommendation gift, I say give your conservative right wing relatives the gift that they will love and you will love to hate. Give them the biggest reminder of what's keeping people from taking their party seriously and that is the donald trump make america great again baseball cap i personally am going to buy this for for my father who is not really <laughs> big on politics but will definitely know what the hat is and 
I think it's just one of those really nice novelty gifts that you can buy your family that might actually think it's a really nice gift to get. And you will secretly know why you hate some people. I, I would actually buy this and wear it myself. Yeah, it's like a, I would say it's going to become like a hipster fad, too. Yeah, please do that. I, uh, it, it, there's different kinds. There's some on Etsy. There's some on Amazon. They range from like 12 to 25 bucks. Like it's not a huge investment, but it seems, it seems like it's, it's becoming a much more popular, uh, commodity on online shopping. So yeah, I think just get on it, you know, be part of, be part of it before it becomes, you know, common knowledge with everybody. Whoever my secret Santa is, do not get this for me. <laughs> do not. <laughs> I want, speaking of this, um, pride, next year like the gay celebration i am going to wear since we'll only be five months away from the election at that point i'm going to purchase and wear one of those i'd bottom for hillary shirts nice and i can't nice. wait that's it's great <laughs> yeah so just happy. just i decided that recently i just wanted to share with you guys it's amazing Mika, how about you what are you giving for hanukkah hey, i have one more oh that, sorry that's yeah i just more. have one more one more that i actually bought for myself that i think everyone should buy for for themselves or other people too it's a um it's called the uh it's called the five minute journal it is basically a little book of uh self-esteem and daily affirmations that you can do just takes five minutes the book has uh just uh just a few things that it says uh, that you can fill in the blanks, like uh, things that you are grateful for today or things that you did today that you could uh, do differently tomorrow and things that you want to get done this week. And it's it really helps uh, just five minutes of just almost like self therapy that you do for yourself every day. So I think it's it's a really great idea. It's called the five minute journal. That's very cool. nice. Micah. I'm going to just keep it really basic and and say give the gift of of time you know uh, volunteer Jesus. it, it kind of mm -hmm. goes along with what laura was saying earlier i mean uh there's a lot of different organizations out there that uh locally not just uh you know nationally that uh you can easily sign up with and give your time during the holiday season it doesn't have to be a lot it could be 30 minutes it could be an hour but you know, just with a lot of the work that I do on a day-to-day -day basis, you know, I see a lot of this and I see the impact that it has just for people to spend some time, mm -hmm. uh, no matter who it's with. You know, it could be kids, it could be mm -hmm. the elderly, it could be, you know, really across the board. But it definitely makes a difference around this time of year. Yeah, absolutely. So, Very nice. All right. Thank well, you. Those are our <laughs> recommendations. Hopefully, maybe uh, some of you will use them because they were all great. Especially they really were. We, we were. we do a great job of what we do, guys. Let's just yeah. give yourself a pat on the back. Yeah, well, I feel like shit making after after hearing Laura and Micah's recommendations. Don't feel like shit. They're just different ideas for different people. No, they all. were better I, ideas. Like, I, we get it. They're I actually did donate to charity on behalf of somebody last year. So, Oh, that's great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think you stole that from me. You're welcome. <laughs> Probably. That's usually how this works. <laughs> So uh, let's move on to the news now. We're going to start with the uh, unfortunate story that happened last week in San Bernardino. Uh, 14 people were dead and another 21 were injured at a holiday party. Uh, this was about an hour east of Los Angeles. It was the biggest mass shooting in the United States since Sandy Hook three years ago. We still don't know motive, the motive, but we do know a lot about the shooters. Uh, for reasons that we'll discuss later. They were a couple who met online. Both had Pakistani roots. The guy was born in Chicago while the woman lived overseas. She came here on a K-1 visa or one of those fiancé visas. That's mm -hmm. one of those uh, visas where if you're going to marry somebody over here and you can prove it, you can live over here. And that's, you know, we, we know a lot of details about them, and we're not going right. to get into the nitty-gritty of it, but there are other aspects we want to talk about, including one Matt has for us. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, like Andrew was saying, that we don't really know too much about what went into planning this uh, this attack, but uh, one of the few uh, things that we did find out was that uh, the one of the shooters, uh, the woman, she uh she pledged on uh allegiance to ISIS on her Facebook status uh right before the attack which had been taken down by 
Facebook. Uh, right now, we don't know uh, what what exactly was said on the status. Uh, no one's revealed the information, but um, that has brought up one of the one of the topics of conversation that we've had recently about uh, these this kind of uh, terrorism in the country. Is that this was done as a um, as an attack in in the name uh, of the organization that not necessarily was carried out by the organization itself. So um, the, one of the questions I wanted to bring up with you guys was how how should we is there a different way that we should treat these kind of attacks since they were done in the name of of, of ISIS instead of actually carried out by the organization itself? I think no. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's a mass shooting. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, um, this is terrorism no matter who commits it. Thank right. you, Laura. That was, that was one of the things that bothered me watching the news is whether they were going to classify it as an act of terror because they were waiting to determine if there was any tie back to ISIS. And the reality right. is it doesn't matter. It was exactly. it's, it's domestic terrorism then. And you know, we need to think back to a lot of the things that have transpired before this and the way we classify it is it's a mass shooting if it is a white perpetrator. But as soon right. as it is a Muslim perpetrator, it becomes an act of terrorism. And right. it's been a problem for a long time. And, I, you know, that's unfortunately how we've come to process things as a society. And a large part is driven by the media. Yeah. Basically, yeah, well, we've been wait- – I'll go ahead, Andrew. The, the police also were hesitant to call it terrorism. Uh, Obama eventually did uh, two or three days later, I believe it was. And mm-hmm. you know now the FBI is involved, and this is a very serious investigation. So I can understand why the police did not want to call it terrorism straight away because they needed to gather some details first. I think yeah, this but, one was classified quicker than others were. But still, the fact that you had the chief of police – addressing the media and saying we don't know if this is terrorism yet the suspects might have been american <laughs> as though yeah, being exactly a, yeah okay it's like the fact that somehow being american <laughs> means that you're not a terrorist right it's 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 either considered a mass shooting until we find out if they're muslim or not if they're muslim it's terrorism if they're not then it was a i, I, I don't know a, a mental health issue Mm-hmm. Yeah, something. well, and and the guy was born in Chicago, so he was American. So, yeah. Mm. So another big aspect of this that I saw with this shooting more than any I can remember in recent history is that people were really calling out the whole thoughts and prayers thing. So the shooting happened and then you see the politicians or even just everyday people are just saying, Thoughts and prayers to the people affected. Thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers. And with this shooting, I too was really reflecting on this and being like, I am just so tired of this thoughts and prayers thing. I I have a dark mind. You may have discovered this on Millennial (laughs) occasionally. And I agree that thoughts and prayers saying that is so useless. It does nothing. Your fake God who you are apparently praying to is not going to be helping with this situation. And I loved the New York Daily News cover the following day. It had four tweets yes. from politicians, mm-hmm. including Ted Cruz, Rand Paul, Lindsey Graham, and Paul Ryan. They all said, thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers. And next to that, in big, bold letters, the Daily News says, God isn't fixing this. And I shared this on Twitter and somebody I'm, I'm friendly with, I, I respect him, he called this gross. And I was like, first of all, it's the New York Daily News. They're not exactly held to a very high standard right. in general, so right. I don't get upset. But B, I mean, it's not wrong. Nothing is going no. Are th- Your thoughts, thoughts and prayers, no matter who they come from, the Pope, the politicians, anyone, it's not going to help. We need to have actual discussions on this. And no, solutions. and it's very it's very robotic at this point. It yeah. almost seems like I'm I'm expecting that these politicians must have auto updates ready to go for when another mass shooting happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's basically just saying bless you after a sneeze. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it's tough because you don't know necessarily how to respond all the time if you're in the public eye, and I think that 
these politicians don't necessarily have a choice in terms of how they respond, at least initially. Certainly, they can follow up with more action. And I think that's what the Daily News front page was getting at. And mm-hmm. I'm in agreement with you, Andrew. I think that whenever I see those posts on Facebook or people tweet or you watch it on TV, it, it's just this has gotten to such a point in our country where those words are just meaningless. Take definitive action to prevent these individuals from getting guns in the first place, and then we can have a conversation. But it, it's almost like it's a sticking point. It gnaws at you a little bit every time you hear it because these are the people who have the ability to influence change, and they're not doing anything. Every time these events continue to happen, they're providing the same rhetoric over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. trying to keep they're trying to keep the small minority that is the loudest that has the loudest voice in their group happy. And well, and the funny thing about it is the amount of these people who have actually taken money from the NRA right to fund their campaigns. That's the big thing here. They, these politicians who just say thoughts and prayers and that's it. The NRA is paying them off to 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 not change anything about the gun laws in this country. And it's a really sad state of affairs. Meanwhile, and we're going to talk about this later, Trump wants to block all Muslims. How about blocking all guns temporarily? He keeps saying, oh, we're just going to do it for a little bit while we figure out what's going on. How about we block all gun sales temporarily until we figure that out? I mean, (laughs) it's just such a hypocritical statement. I just, I find it hilarious that the same people who want to block all Muslims out of this country won't do anything to stop people who are on the terror watch list from obtaining weapons. Yeah, that too. (laughs) You know, as I said on Facebook last week, I I hope everybody's thoughts and prayers are actually you thinking on how you're going to be voting in 2016. And I decided last week that this is going to be my thing that I harp on obviously there's other matters global warming and whatnot that need to be discussed in the run-up to the next election but i just i'm just so tired of this as everybody is and i'm gonna start being vocal about it like this is my issue that i'm gonna be vocal about on facebook i'm gonna be that asshole good who, who shares political updates and you know i did that one last week about thinking and praying on who you're gonna vote for in 2016 my fucking uncle who evidently has no understanding of the second amendment said we need to protect the second amendment to allow people to continue have have guns for those few minutes before the cops can show up that's what he said he said everybody should have guns so that while we're waiting for the cops to show up they can fight back i'm like first of all that has nothing to do with the second amendment like you do not understand that and and then my fucking uncle's fucking friend replies to that comment and says, yeah, I just went out and tried to buy more ammo yesterday and they were sold out. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> so I deleted that comment and I blocked him from my profile. Yeah, no, that's just that's like the prototypical like you can't change the Second Amendment type. And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, but like it's it's, it's also, an amendment. <laughs> I mean, everyone thinks that it's always cut and dry like it's black and white that we either have the we have access to guns or we have no access to guns whatsoever right like exactly. why what is what is the difference what will really change if we got rid of just the large assault rifles and uh the other like large machine the machine like like large artillery rifles and, and guns yeah like people sh- do not even need those the, the guns that people, I mean, if if someone needs a handgun, I understand that just to try to feel protected, and that's one thing. But like a lot of these, a lot of these mass shootings are not from like small handheld weapons. These are large artillery weapons that, frankly, should not be in the hands of any citizen. Yeah, assault right. rifles that you see in video games. Right. I think the point. The point is. We are never going to completely 100% eliminate gun-related fatalities in this country. It's not going to happen. No country has been able to achieve that. Mm -hmm. But we can eliminate or at least severely reduce the frequency with which these mass shootings occur by preventing people from buying these large-capacity weapons Mm -hmm. that they don't need. 
I'm sorry, if you're not in the military, you don't need an AR-15. Yeah. And, you know, we've seen strict gun control go into effect and work. We saw this in Australia 20 years ago. There have been no mass killings since then. They took back tons of guns after a mass shooting there 20 years ago. And uh, since then, there's been no mass shootings. It's a perfect example. I've actually started bookmarking links to reports like about Australia um, and some other data. I'm just going to start dropping these on Facebook when I see assholes who are pissing me off because this is just this is my cause. But Micah, um, we also found out some disturbing numbers about gun sales on Black Friday. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty sad. I mean, and, you know, the, the statistic that I think most people go back to when it comes to these shootings is what has transpired since Newtown and the fact that we really did come together for the most part and say that it was never going to happen again. And at least on school campuses, there's been over 140 shootings. Uh, so, you know, it's just it's really, really sad. But, you know, I, and you mentioned Black Friday, I think. Obviously, that had a lot to do with what transpired in San Bernardino, why the sales were so high. Um, and it said that the FBI had processed more than 185,000 background checks for gun purchases, um, which well, is more than any single day in you know 17 years. Yeah. So uh, it, it, it's pretty, mm-hmm. pretty representative of how we react as a country when these types of things happen. You know, we see what happens out in San Bernardino and we say to ourselves, oh, we need to go and we need to purchase guns because we need to protect ourselves because that's going to make the situation better. Oh, that, yeah, hypothetical yeah. situation when ISIS comes to attack us. So and so we, so basically we're trying to keep uh, the gun laws intact just to save ourselves for this hypothetical situation of what might happen. And instead, all this other shit that's actually happening right now isn't as important. And you know why else the Republicans don't want to repeal the gun laws? Because that's what the liberals do want. Well, also because they get a pretty hefty amount of funding from the NRA. The NRA has them bought. And it's not just Republicans. There are some Democrats they have bought, too. But it's Mm -hmm. mostly Republicans. Yeah. Yeah. In relation to these shootings, um, something really fucking bizarre and unsettling happened. And... I think it's a sign that it's time to put American news media out of its misery because it done fucked up big this time. So MSNBC and our favorite friends at CNN made a TV spectacle out of the apartment of the two San Bernardino shooters after the landlord regained entry to the apartment and let them in. There were reporters and cameramen shoving each other to get into this apartment where they then went through everything they could find and displayed social security cards, driver's licenses, photos, and a host of other things they found. Obviously, this would be messed up and a signal that these fuckers left their journalistic integrity at home. But the huge fuck up is that much of the private information they displayed on camera did not belong to the two shooters. None of the information was blurred or redacted, which means that at this point, Millennial is now in more possession of journalistic integrity than the bright sparks at MSNBC and CNN. It's not saying much. It's a sad, it's sad day. There, there was a great tweet. Somebody said Brian Williams suddenly became the most respectable person at MSNBC <laughs> yeah. after what happened. It, it was, it was really sad to watch Gawker as the whole thing. MSNBCs, they were, they were rooting around the house like it was an episode of Storage Wars, and um, I what. what I almost understand it because, first of all, the landlord fucked up. He should not have let the media in. I have no clue what he was thinking. But also, in in defense of the media, if one of them went in, if just one of the hundred plus people there went in, they all had to go in. They 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 could not sit around a campfire in a kumbaya and say, all right, everybody, we're going to agree to not go in the house. That's just wrong. One of them did it. They all had to. Otherwise, they probably would be fired from their jobs because they're they're getting less coverage than the competitors so i understand it from that perspective but yeah it was still extremely screwed up yeah it just doesn't it it just goes against all logic why would you go into an apartment after the fbi took all evidence so basically you're just breaking into apartment of something that has no real evidence for anything and the footage shows that the apartment was boarded up 
nobody was supposed to go in there. And the footage actually shows the landlord and a couple of guys trying to pull the boarding off the front door. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was, it's crazy though, because I remember, I don't know if I was, I had to be watching TV, I guess, unless CNN sent out one of their alerts. And I, I just thought to myself, how did they even get access? So I, I didn't know the full story and, and I didn't think that it was even legal that they were in there. Like the police, the FBI, anybody would have let them in there. But is the landlord in jail now? Uh, he should be if he's not. Uh, I, don't I don't think he think is. So. I know the police pulled him aside and put him in the car for a little bit. They they were probably just like, yeah, what the hell? What are you <laughs> but, doing? But this is the problem. And I'm sure you've discussed this on the show at, at one point or another with 24 hour news stations. It's just... You know, when these incidents take place, you know, initially it, it's good to have a, a, a station like a CNN. But after that, like a couple hours in the analysis, the, it's just it gets oh, to yeah, be too much. It's, it's around and around in circles. It's all speculative. It's annoying. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. So let's Absolutely move on. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> More positive news. Yeah. So we're going to go ahead and launch into quick fire news. If you guys remember last week, we debuted this new news format where we're going to blow through a few quick news stories and spend about two minutes on each of them just so that we make sure we don't miss anything. Mm All right. Let's do it. (laughs) All right, Matt, we're going to do it. Let's go. Let's do it. So this week, we're going to start with former president Jimmy Carter. He has been declared cancer free just months after a stage four melanoma diagnosis. Did you guys hear about this? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It's crazy. I remember a few months ago, I was like, oh, Carter's dead. Because up until relatively recently, stage four melanoma was a death sentence. Mm. Well, everybody loves him and everybody gave him his thoughts and prayers. And that's how he survived it. I <laughs> thoughts God, and prayers. Thoughts maybe God prayers. is real. God fixed it. No, well, actually, what it is, is he's being treated with a new um, drug that's called, and I'm going to try and say this, and I'm going to fuck it up, um, pembrolizumab, I think is how you say it. Um, And it's actually a drug that was just approved within the last few years. And this thing has literally taken him from the point where he had spots on his brain to the point where they're no longer visible. Wow. He doesn't have any visible signs of cancer. Of course, this doesn't mean that there aren't cancerous cells in his body. They could still be there. But this is very, very promising because when you when you get rid of the visible cancer, that actually could buy somebody another four to eight years. And the guy's already 91. I was just going to say that the guy is 91 years old and this all was a successful uh, transaction, a procedure. (laughs) (laughs) And and he's still good for him. He still teaches Sunday school. He he made this announcement at his Sunday school class. The guy still works for Habitat for Humanity. He builds houses. Yeah. Like, he's crazy. I mean, this is very bad news for the guinea worm. I don't know. <laughs> the guy is a machine. <laughs> All right. So totally is. Moving on. We mentioned this earlier. Trump has called for a ban to bar. Uh, to, uh, Trump is calling to bar Muslims from entering America. Uh, in a statement on Monday, the Republican hopeful ignored legal niceties and hallowed tradition and called for a total and complete shutdown of Muslims entering the U.S., in effect opposing a religious test for people setting foot in America. Large segments of the Muslim, Muslim population are driven by a blind hatred, Trump said, and until and unless we are able to determine and understand this problem and the dangerous threats it poses... Members of the Islamic faith must be kept from the country indefinitely. The thing about this, this may be the thing that breaks Trump. He may have finally taken it a step too far by Trump standards. Everybody is turning against him. He just keeps digging down deeper into this hole that he created. He did an interview with Barbara Walters today where he said his Muslim friends even agree with him, which is obviously bullshit. Yeah, Donald Trump doesn't have Muslim friends. Yeah, I was just going to say that part of it's probably not true either. It's, you know, I watched some of the speech last night and and clearly there are people out there that that support him and they like what he has to say uh, because no, I I, know. I believe you. You're right. There are things that he says. There's parts of what he says, I should say, 
that people are easily able to identify with based on recent events. And it seems like he's gone from hating on one group, which he did, to uh, much of a negative response earlier on in this campaign when he wanted to build his wall, to now the Muslim community. And I just don't know by the time this election rolls around or, or even the primary, is there going to be any group of people left that he has not in some way insulted? <laughs> no. White men. So. <laughs> yeah. Even J.K. Rowling called him out uh, earlier today. I cannot wait for Donald Trump to respond to J.K. Rowling. I know. She I'm, called him worse than Voldemort. I, I'm That's predicting so that he is going to say, the Harry Potter books were a massive failure. She's a loser. <laughs> but, I, and, you know, Micah, I, I agree with what you're saying completely. I, this Donald Trump has revealed how many mentally incapacitated people we have in this country because there are people who would genuinely vote for him in light of all this stuff he is saying and they believe him and they believe all the lies he tells it's insane i think that's offensive to mentally incapacitated people I i'm sorry mm -hmm. but this just proves that we have these people in america i'm not saying any of our well, listeners are bigots i mean and and he provides a a, a medium he provides a voice for them this is what a lot of America, unfortunately, has been wanting to say for a long time. And you see this, regardless of how you feel about Donald Trump, success, mm -hmm. successful business person, you know, a celebrity, uh, you know, air quotes around that, standing up in front of thousands of people, giving these speeches, speaking to what we view as really scary rhetoric, but it somehow is resonating with a lot of people around the country. That's why he is still significantly ahead in so many polls because people have been waiting to have somebody say what is actually on their minds. Right. And yeah, he's extreme, but unfortunately there's a lot of people out there who identify with him and what he's saying. And he does, he does a really good job of trying to keep uh, updated with the current events and when I mean when I say that I mean knows exactly what to say to get the same group of people constantly uh, in his favor when these kind of events happen like yeah. when like when we were he was talking about the wall and immigration yep. he um, and then when the sh uh, the mass shooting started he started using that to his advantage and started just naming off like the ban of, uh, of Muslims and and the 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 taking down of the internet and at the end of this campaign pretty much everyone is going to forget who anybody else who's running for president at least for the GOP is because right. all they keep hearing is is Donald Trump he knows he knows he really has no idea what he's doing all right next story all right so the time has come guys to reveal the real reason why Elise is not on this episode <laughs> why is that there guys there is a a new sexually transmitted disease floating around our schools and our country and just in time for the holidays, guys. So may I introduce you all to the Mycoplasma genitalium, or as the kids like to call it, MG. Uh, it's basically a bacterial uh, infection that mainly for women include irritation and painful uh, urination and bleeding after sex. You know the norm. And for men, though, the most common signs are uh, painful urination as well, and just a little bit of watery discharge from the penis. <laughs> now, most of you are freaking out because I said penis, but uh, thankfully this uh, this new STD is actually fairly treatable. Uh, really, uh, what you can do is just get yourself an antibiotic azithromycin, or as most people like to call it, the Z-Pack. It's very effective against MG, so boys and girls... Make sure you put on your holiday weenie beanies before Santa comes to your house. <laughs> and I'm sure you know what I mean and, when and, I say that. And people get Z-Packs when they have strep. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. So I feel like my, my idea was like, if you're embarrassed, just tell the doctor you have strep. Yeah, that sounds good. Slash, it hurts when I pee. Yeah, it <laughs> I got really hurts when I pee. Slash, I've got the MGs, if you know my, what I mean. My penis is tearing. <laughs> well... Well, that's exciting. Always good to hear about a new STD. Something to look I hope, for. I hope Elisa gets well soon. Happy yeah. Hanukkah. <laughs> I'll have to give her a lesson in not having sex. I'm an expert in that. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
speaking of other problematic things in the world, um, Beijing has announced its first smog red alert, and it has closed schools and businesses. This is did you guys see the pictures? Yeah, I did. It is incredible. Wild. It yeah. looks like some like it's like some kind of post-apocalyptic society. Yeah, well, that's what they're, they're calling it: airpocalypse. I just insane. I don't know how they how you how it gets like this. I mean, um, uh. it's uh, from what I read, it's it's caught the the smog at least is caused by um burning of coal for the industry and heating and just it accumulating just constantly because this there really is no humidity there's a lot of humidity and there's no wind in the ci- in the city mm-hmm. so really in the countrywide like wind is not a thing there i apparently <laughs> but um there's just so many construction sites and just so much coal that's burning into the air that it's just it's just m- becoming this massive cloud over it yeah and just to put it in perspective people can only see for around 200 meters this is like in broad i mean yeah it's hey, crazy Siri. <laughs> they're all wearing masks how many feet in a meter um so the other thing is that um the world health organization has said that anything over 25 micrograms of of this like these poisonous particles per cubic meter is considered unsafe in beijing it's 256 micrograms per cubic meter <laughs> people say in la we have it bad by the way i found out a cool fact about la the other day our gas is more expensive because it's better. It it helps keep the air clean. Oh, yeah, nice. So now, whenever anybody bitches about the gas price, is that what they tell like, you? Huh? Is that what they tell you? That's what they tell me. Okay. That's what the governor told me when I spoke with him the other day. No, I think it's true. It makes sense. More expensive gas. It's it's cleaner. It's special gas. It's different. It's a good gas. <laughs> yeah, it's I'm the glad. gas that you like to smell. I need to breathe to do the show. I don't know how you guys in New York do it. It's, uh, it's difficult. I'll say that. But like, do we know if China is even doing anything for this, or are they just waiting it out? I think <laughs> so all they what? can do. <laughs> I think die? all they can do is kind of wait it out until it dissipates a little yeah. bit. Well, I mean, this the state of emergency, like they, like at least the the red alert for schools and everything. It's only basically a week. Oh yeah, but I thought you meant like the air pollution problem. I I think they can't just wait that out. Well, no, no. I mean, eventually it will dissipate somewhat. You know, back to like the moderately disastrous level that it was yeah, at before. But, it all, but this <laughs> happens often, maybe not as bad as it is now. But the, every once in a while, we will get like a news story that says like China, like Beijing is back to all this smog that they can't see. Right. Beijing can't breathe. Breaking news. Beijing can't breathe again. Isn't China Beijing. Paris right now trying to resolve that with a bunch of other countries? Uh, I don't know. Yes. Yes, Mike. Absolutely. For the climate summit. Oh yeah, yeah. We oh, spoke about yeah, that yeah. last week. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, we did actually talk about that last week. Um, All right. Yeah, we don't. We don't know yet. So that is quick fire news. I like that. It's a good way to zoom through the stories that yeah, we want to talk about. I agree. Pew, pew. It's nice and quick. All right. So mm-hmm. to wrap up Quickie the show, news. to wrap up the show today, we are going to do a associate producer's choice extravaganza. Uh, these topics were submitted by people who support us on Patreon at the $10 level. They get to submit topics each and every week over at patreon.com slash millennial. Now featuring a new app, which was officially released, by the way, for iPhone and Android. Android. Mm-hmm. So this first one is from Brianna. It's kind of a kind of like a life question. What are your opinions of moving to a new st- city and then finding a job as opposed to not moving until you find a job in said city? Is one way more responsible than the other? Also, was there a certain amount of money any of you had saved before you moved or did you just peace out one day? I personally, mm, I saved up about 200 grand and then I thought, <laughs> well, I, I think I can, I think I can live on this for a little bit. <laughs> Laura, you're kind of going through this right now, aren't you? Yeah, actually, I am. So, and I mean, I've moved a whole lot, as you guys know. So, I've been through this before. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that it's necessarily problematic to go somewhere if you don't know where you're going to be working, but you probably should be responsible and make sure that you budget enough of a, a, a you know, enough money to last you for a month or two while you figure out what it is you're going to do. I did this when I moved to Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. I went down there and I 
you know, I had an idea for a job, but I wasn't quite sure how it was going to pan out. So I went down with probably... It's cheaper down there, though, no? It is It is cheaper, but still, I mean, you're living completely off of your own money. Like, yeah. you're not getting a steady influx of paychecks. Yeah. So, I mean, I went down with about $1,500, and that lasted me for quite a while down there. But Two it weeks. was... <laughs> a little longer than that, but it was good because it made me feel comfortable. And, you know, I knew that if I didn't find a job by the end of the month, I would still be able to pay my rent. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't going to be a huge thing. Um, before I moved to New York, I saved actually not that much more than that, to be perfectly honest with you, but I knew I had a job here. Um, so yeah, I think you can do it either way, but I think the responsible way to do it is to make sure that you can take care of yourself while you figure out what you're doing. Yeah, I think one of the most important things to go off of that is to really just take a look at yourself and try to try to actually answer the question like can you are you the kind of person that can survive on your own without real any insurance? I actually think that it can be wise to move out without a job because then it'll force you to get something or to get moving. Whereas if you're just back in your hometown, maybe you say you're living at your parents or something, you may not be as motivated to get the job because it's like, well, if things don't work out, I can still stay mm-hmm. here, which is fine. But I know people, um, I've had discussions actually recently with people who have contemplated moving out here. And in my head, I think, don't move out here. There's too many people in L.A. I don't need more people. <laughs> I don't want to see just one more car. Yeah. <sighs> no, uh. but they, they, they're always contemplating it. And then I hear these people hearing stories from other people about, you know, they moved out here kind of on a whim without any certain job. And now they're doing good. So if you if you move out and you hustle, you'll stay motivated. And I think you'll hopefully get something you know, just make sure when you come out here or wherever, there's a job market for the type of job you want. Don't stack mm-hmm. the odds against you. Right. Well, And I think you need to understand that there will probably be a period of time where things are a little rough. Yeah. You know, understand that you might eat rice and beans for all three meals for multiple weeks. I've done That's this. all they serve in Costa Rica, though, I thought. It is. Mm-hmm. It is. But it's actually also one of the cheapest ways that you can live yeah. and still get protein. So... Uh, it's also Besides probably slurping cum. It's also probably <laughs> important to have some kind of motivation when you're there too. Right. No, I I agree with everything that's been said and Andrew you touched on it like there is a certain level of complacency that develops. Mm-hmm. You know, if if you're in your hometown and and I think that there's there's a lack of motivation to push you forward to go out and try something different and you know, my recommendation would be, you know, if you have a little bit of money and you're not afraid to take the risk, go and do it. Like go live somewhere else because, yeah. you know, hopefully you're in a situation where you can always come back home if it doesn't work out. But I think yeah. for most people, once they're out and they're on their own, they're doing their own thing, they make it work because the independence, the freedom, the ability to do your own thing outweighs everything else. You know, I know not everybody has a car, but we live in a remarkable time right now where you can become your own taxi driver and work your own hours. I mean, mm-hmm. you can work for Uber and make some good That's money true. while you're waiting to uh, yeah, get a job. Just move wherever you want and become an Uber driver. I am seriously contemplating. I think I've mentioned this before. I'm seriously contemplating working for Uber. Imagine the really? stories I would have for Millennial. It would be pretty good. You could it tell us about stories. people throwing up in your backseat. Yeah. I've heard then, stories. Now, this is disturbing, but I've heard stories from Uber drivers about people trying to get them to have a threesome with them in the car. <laughs> I mean, imagine me telling that story and, say, you know, saying yes to the threesome and doing it. <laughs> and that putting it on Snapchat. What? And putting it on Snapchat. Yeah. Yeah. Patron exclusive Snapchat. <laughs> throw some filters up <laughs> all right next question uh this is from ashley what was your most memorable moment of 2015 for me it was when i had a threesome in the back of an uber <laughs> <laughs> i knew there was some truth to that story you andrew just didn't make that up out of nowhere no i uh, good um i i mean i've had an interesting year with hypable personally there's been some that uh, it was a bit of a struggle bus over the summer um so for me it was kind of just 
getting things, getting a good handle on Hypable, like, I'm in a much better place with it now than I was a few months ago. So, um, I know that's not like a memorable moment exactly. Um, but also that, that was just kind of the first thing that came to mind for me. Just like really, really, really getting a hold of Hypable for the better. So that's what I'll remember for 2015. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I have a couple of things, but I will have to say this show has definitely been one of them. Yeah. Um, because, one, yep. I mean, we've we've all done podcasts before, but there's something about this one that feels different to me. I don't know. Um, I've really enjoyed it. And it's also been great because, of course, we've all been friends for a long time, but we all we sort of did fall out of touch there for a couple of years. We weren't it's not like we weren't talking to each other at all, but like it was very mm-hmm. the messages were very few and far between. And so having this as a motivation to, you know, get back together has been it's been fun. It's been nice. Yeah. That was actually going to be one of mine, but um, I'm glad you said it, Laura. So I can, <laughs> I can be, <laughs> I can be a good family member and say that my favorite moment of 2015 was uh, meeting my 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 nephew for the first time. Oh, that's right. He's so nice. cute. I get to see him, so I'm excited. And Micah, Uncle Matt. Not uh, that we I, care about you anymore. I would. But... Say... <laughs> 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 oh, I miss you guys. No, Not you really. Don't. No, that's no, true. I see that Patreon all the time, and I'm like, "Damn, I should have stayed." <laughs> I'm just kidding. Not what's your really. favorite? Okay, what's uh, your favorite moment favorite, of the year? Favorite moment of 2015 uh, would probably be going to the White House and meeting the president. Oh, that's yeah, right. that's pretty good. So, uh, yeah, I guess. I guess, yeah, it's cool. yeah. all right. Um, I love this question. This is from Layla. What with the end of the year and break from schoolwork upon us, I was wondering if you all, all had any book suggestions, perhaps a must read book from 2015 or an all time favorite. This time of year is when I really have time to read for pleasure. So I'm looking for as many options as possible. Any great books this year from you all? You know, I haven't really gotten to read for pleasure all that much this year because of how busy school has been. Mm-hmm. I can recommend you some really interesting articles from the TESOL Applied Linguistics journal if you're interested in that um but uh yeah i don't i don't think i have much for you i'm sorry uh, there was a good book i read I, I read a bunch this year but uh memory man by david baldacci it's uh, kind of a crime novel thriller i mean i'm sure the uh corman strike novels will get thrown out there as well but this was a really good one it was really kind of you really had to think through it mm-hmm. if you're into uh those kinds of books but you know, it was every time you thought that uh, it was solved, there was another layer, another layer. So I like, you know, those kinds of books, trying to solve those puzzles. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a book that I just started reading that's gotten a lot of a lot of um, attention, and it's called A, a Little Life by um, Anya Yana Gahara, I believe her name is. Um, basically, it's about um, it's it's a fictional novel about four uh, male friends who moved to New York City and basically it's just them trying to come to terms with being in their 20s and um and 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 their careers and like each each character like has their own kind of uh, plot line but w- one of them the main character has has obviously has gone through a lot of like traumatic uh, horrible things in their life in, in his life and you slowly start to figure out like how bad like his life was and i mean it's 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 really it's really well written it i cannot believe like this this woman has written men so amazingly and i i can't wait to finish it and i'm kind of scared to but it's become one of the, the big bestsellers this year so cool mine um i love gay fiction <laughs> <laughs> and there's a book this year that was so good it's called simon versus the homo sapiens agenda it was it's a great coming of age coming out type story um it was recommended to me by a friend and i just loved it so definitely check that out by the way fox purchased the movie rights um a couple months ago so maybe the next fall in our stars just saying not cool. a cancer mm-hmm. movie though all right, well, it's been a very full show here today, so we're going to wrap up. Coming up in After Dark, we're going to do a couple looser segments. We're going to do Question of the Week and Question of the Palo- Question Palooza. Laura, what, what are you thinking with these two question segments? 
All these questions. I don't know. Um, I was lazy when I was planning. So question of the week. Question Palooza. <laughs> so many questions. Oh, and also we got a great political tweet of the week. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you everybody for listening. Micah, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Happy I'm always Hanukkah. happy to uh, yeah. come back and uh, have a few laughs and some serious discussion. Have you received any good gifts for Hanukkah, by the way? Do you do that? Is that a thing? Yeah, no, we do. I mean, not yet, but uh, we'll see. I mean, Nothing we, we celebrate yet, both holidays no good, here. No, no good things yet. All uh, good things. I got some gelt, which is traditional uh, Hanukkah money that you it's, get. Oh, it's chocolate. Cool. That's nice. Well, th- no, these were actually uh, uh, like real dollars. Course. Yeah, they're <laughs> you don't bite them and oh, try and eat them. Yeah, no. I mean, you can. I, I mean, y- you can, but I mean, you probably break your teeth. Do you like? Do you like? Are they for like strippers? Like, yeah, you, you know, c- like I mean, you bills. could. They probably wouldn't, you know, hold up in the panties, but it, it's <laughs> not right it's weighing me down. The chocolate ones will melt. <laughs> Gold. Yeah, that's true too. <laughs> You've done well, that before, haven't you, Matt? But to myself, yes. Well, this is very exciting. Micah is going to be keeping a live blog of his Hanukkah gifts that he receives on millennialshow.com. So be sure to check that out. And uh, also be sure to follow us on social media, twitter.com slash millennialshow and facebook.com slash millennialshow. Thanks everybody for listening and we'll see you next week for episode 45. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Sh- shalom.